from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. All right, Cox, let's do this. All right, what exactly is going on with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Chicago Wolves? And why do the Canes hate their minor league affiliates so much? I feel like it changes like every other week. What are we doing? Uh, The Chicago Wolves told The Athletic that they will become an independent, which means they are not going to have an affiliated NHL partner. This ends a three-year agreement that the Canes and the Wolves had. You'll remember the Canes had a relationship with the Charlotte Checkers, which made a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Before that, that deal was then um, changed by the Canes. So now Don Waddell told Brian Murphy today at WREO that the Canes are exploring their options. Our contract was up this year without an affiliation as we sit here right now. Uh, Wolves general manager Wendell Young told The Athletic that he believes the Carolina's philosophy has changed. Quote from Young, it was all about development and our philosophy. It's in our affiliation that says develop and win. We think by winning, we develop, and that's where we stand. Not really sure what Young was getting at there, but just in case you were like uh, holding out hope to go see the Chicago Wolves and go see your favorite future Canes, well, you can make different plans now. Dang. I have to find something else to do in Chicago. (laughs) Next. Yeah, I don't know what you'll be able to find to do. It'll be a a task. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Reggie Bullock, former UNC star player. Pride of Kinston. Pride of Kinston. Has his own island. Yes. For real? Off the coast of Belize. Palencia, Belize is where it is located. uh, On the... uh, So that's on the the Gulf side of the, the peninsula down there. Um, he it is five acres. He spent two million dollars on it, which like okay, I don't have two million dollars to throw around, but like it seems like a pretty good deal for a whole island, right? Right? I mean, like I'm (laughs) I'm just saying. Um, this and the news. So the news initially came out last year. Uh, Anscape's Mark Spears did a a sit down with with Reggie. Uh, taught when he got the 2022 Kareem Abdul Jabbar uh, Award. Uh, for social uh, justice, uh, social quality. His, if you remember, his sister, sister Mia Henderson, a transgender woman, was murdered in 2014, and Reggie's done a lot for the uh, LGBTQ plus community uh, since then, especially. Uh, but during that time, he he spoke on wanting to to buy an island and essentially have it serve as a place for him, his family, to come together, his friends come together, vacation together, uh, and also just kind of. Uh, set up for for people to come over. Uh, his part of the reason why it's going viral is his Instagram. He posted a video. Uh, the foundation is starting to be set. Some of the different things are starting to be dug up. I believe it's going to be eight villas uh, that will be there for people to come. Uh, he said in his caption, uh, "Introducing Bullock Island, the immersive <laughs> island adventure where luxury meets nature, dreams become reality. Designing each moment to create lifelong memories. Meet us in the sand." Where the sun kisses the ocean, the moon dances with the stars, and the coconuts fall from the trees only on Bullock Island. What a caption! That was my first time reading it. That's pretty that's pretty good. I, I need to make friends with Reggie Bullock and see <laughs> if I can get to Bullock Island. That's that's awesome. Yeah. He's a good dude. Better sunset, Bullock Island or the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Belize. I'm gonna uh, go with Belize. I, I think that's fair. It's fair. All right, next one. One, two, three. 
All right, news in the NBA last night. The Milwaukee Bucks clinched the number one seed in the East, which is important because it means they'll have home court advantage against the Celtics, presumably, if the Celtics can get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Lewis, I think you're an NBA guy. I think you're with me on this one. Um, The East is going to win the NBA title this year. So it was fairly important last night for the Bucks to to wrap up the the top seed in the East. No, I think that's fair. All right. Meanwhile, in the Western Conference, where it's almost like a brawl A to get in, all of the teams bunched at the bottom. And then as a brawl, it's going to be a brawl once those eight teams are set to get to the final and likely be the sacrificial lamb to the Eastern Conference, knock on wood. But the Lakers lost last night to the Clippers, 125-118. And LeBron James wasn't happy with the schedule. Technically, the Lakers were the road team in this game. Uh, his his complaint, though, was that the Lakers had played at Utah the night before, and this was the end of a five-game road swing. Again, the Lakers and Clippers play in the same building. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the King is getting at here, but here are his comments after the Lakers lost to the Clippers. I'm coming off the road trip, and even though this is a road game, you know, just... You know, coming off the road trip and um, you know getting back you know late last night, but after an overtime game and uh, you know it was a tough game for us. Obviously, we started off in the first half, and also playing Laker basketball, we had some good spurts, but uh, not enough. So this is one of those uh, uh, those scheduling conflicts, you know, in the season, <laughs> and uh, definitely got the best of us tonight. Why did he okay. say it like that? <laughs> it was scheduling conflicts. Listen, the. If you don't follow this, the Clippers have now won 11 straight games over the Lakers. Yeah. Russ went off. I mean, they're. Yeah. You want to talk about a little bit of a re- revenge or vengeance there. Yeah. Motivation. I, look, it's just okay sometimes, LeBron, to say, maybe this other team is better than you are. Well, and I think I think it's fair, like, to be upset about the scheduling because I do think, well, I think NBA scheduling is always tough because there are a lot of back-to-backs. There are a lot of road games. You talk to professional athletes. They always say that the road traveling is always what's hard. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're right. It's at, you know, the Clippers slash Lakers, <laughs> Crypto.com Arena. Like, that's, you know, that's okay. That's a home game, essentially. And also, playing the night before on the road against the Jazz, they, the game went to overtime. And the Lakers were in control in the fourth quarter. So you wrap that up in the fourth quarter, that's some extra time you you can take to rest. So and they did outscore the Clippers in the second half. They had a slow start, but it's just it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, they make the schedule so far in advance, man. Lakers now in the seventh spot in, in the West. The, the the win was important to the Clippers. It moved them into the, the fifth spot. Get out of the play. There's tournament. only four total games separating teams five through ten, actually five through eleven. Because the Mavericks are also tied for 10th there. The West is really bunched up. It's going to be interesting to see who actually gets in. I don't put it past the Lakers if they can get in, that they can actually win the West. They're much better than they were in the first half. Yeah, the the moves that they've made, Russell, D'Angelo Russell makes a big difference for them. Uh, Austin Reeves is a guy who's kind of come on, even though a lot of that was when LeBron was out. And then Anthony Davis being healthy. They are a different team. I would I would actually even venture to take them to get out of the West if they can get into the right matchup. Yeah. But when another team beats you 11 straight times, that's not because of scheduling. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's because they're better than you it, are. Exactly. And it's tough, too, because the, the Lakers have Friday. They have to play the Suns, 
who you know are have Kevin Durant now. Right. I believe are undefeated with Kevin Durant mm-hmm. in the lineup. Uh, and then they finish up uh, at home against the Jazz, who you know pushed them to overtime a couple of nights ago. So, you know, you, if if you're the Lakers and you can avoid that play-in tournament and give your guys who need some rest, like LeBron and Anthony Davis, the, the week to rest up, that's huge. But you, you probably needed to beat the Clippers. They, they've out. rested enough, whether it's by injuries or their own rest. They've they've had enough games off. And I get what he's saying. He's coming back from an injury. He's kind of probably pushing it coming back. Yeah, LeBron at his age. But you're at a point in a year where, guess what? Your playoffs started a month ago. Yeah. And that's part of it. Uh, So, next up. And I don't even care who number two is. All right, if you're driving right now, I'm going to need you to pull over. Because I'm about to give you some shocking news. (gasps) Monday night's NCAA Men's Basketball National Championship drew 14.69 million viewers. According to Showbuzz Daily, that means it's the least watched men's title game on record. Wait, you mean a game that started after 9 o'clock that featured San Diego State and UConn? I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with UConn, but they were dominant and also dominant in the first half of that game. Had bad ratings? What? No. Not possible. The viewership was down 14% from last year's title game between... Kansas and Carolina. What? Oh, no. Who wants to watch Blue Bloods? <laughs> Not Blue Bloods possible. aren't good anymore, Joe. I will say this, though. The Kansas-Carolina game, 17 million viewers. Now, that was a TBS-TNT True TV combo mm-hmm. platter. Mm-hmm. This year's game was actually on CBS. So, I don't see this gigantic drop-off between 17 million and nearly 15 million. The, the, the health of the NCAA men's tournament is fine. Yeah, they're going to be okay. But if you'd like to overreact onto an historic number, go right ahead. I'm just I'm just glad it was higher scoring than that uh, UConn-Butler game way back when. Oh, that truly was. <laughs> that was I thought, Lewis, that's what I thought we were going to get. Lewis, this is the year that I finally determined, and I had UConn in, in one of my important tickets. When the bracket goes to flames, yeah. just, the, just the dog sitting in a room with flames, uh-huh. Those years, that's when UConn wins. 11, 14, 23. Now, if you can determine when the bracket's going to go in flames, then you know to take UConn. The, so. the dog pull, the dog in the, pulls off <laughs> a mask. Fine. Oh, it's a husky. It's really a husky. Yeah, it's yes. really husky. Exactly. Exactly. Next up. It's Masters Day. The best day of the golf year. And Joe Ovius is not here, which means we get to talk plenty. About the Masters, we'll do that next. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. I wish there was a way to win your way into the Masters and Augusta. You can't even get tickets to Augusta. No. You got to win a lottery to get tickets to Augusta, yeah. for goodness sake. Mm. Uh, three leaders right now, Victor Hovland, John Rahm, Brooks Kepka. Mm. So two PGA guys, one live guy. Uh, all shot a 65 today. Kepka coming off of, we've kind of been, I've been kind of sort of joking about it, but Kepka won the last live event 
down in Orlando last week, and he kind of had creeped up on on some people's radar about what he could do this week. Obviously, he has his own success and track successful track record in majors, but this is the first time we've seen a live contender since the split last year. So it's Hovland, Rom, Kepka all at seven under. Cameron Young wakes Cameron Young shot a sixty seven today. And then there's a, a a group of golfers who are four under. I did not mention in that list Tiger Woods, the five-time Masters champion. Tiger Woods shot a 74 today. Shot a 74 today. And, Lewis, when you look at where Tiger really struggled today, it was on the greens. Yeah. It was putting, which forever has been his strength. Um, you I am on this program. Joe Ovius is, is is a little bit of a golf hater. I think I could say that. I weekly I am involved in a PGA pool. I follow all these Masters. I in January it's a big day on my sports calendar when I pick my winners for the first uh, for the four majors for the year. I get all my tickets lined up. Uh, so I I'm deeply immersed in all of this. And but you as a golf fan in their thirties. Tiger Woods is still the name that resonates, right? No, yeah. I mean, I think growing up, like when I was finding all my, my favorite athletes, Tiger was one, uh, Shaq was another. Like those type of like the the early aughts, like the, the people you just fall in love with. So it's it's sad. I mean, we had, uh, I was watching, um, he was on the 18th hole and he had a, a hard shot where he was kind of standing one foot in the bunker, one foot out on the fairway. And he, he hits it, kind of slices a bit. And then, you know, he, he comes out limping. Because yeah. his body's just not, it's not, he, he can't really do it anymore. Yeah. Not, not the way he used to. Nearly lost his leg in, in a car accident in uh, 2021 and was able to return last year for the Masters at Augusta, made the cut, was a great story. But it took a physical, it's it's all taken a physical, yeah. physical toll on him. And, you know, he's obviously has been a vocal proponent of the PGA Tour and he's been active in trying to keep the best younger players and stars on the PGA Tour in the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. He's even starting his own uh, basic the, version of yeah. ta- of Top Golf, yeah. which is going to be competitive, you know, electronic uh, targets. Him and it, Rory, yeah. I mean, so that part of it is kind of fascinating to see how how good he'll be at that because they all say he can still hit the ball a ton. He can still make all the shots, but it's the physical toll of walking the eighteen holes and yeah. the practice rounds that are necessary for him to play. And you see that, in my opinion, today is where it really shows, and that's on the greens. Because when he was winning his titles and to get to 16 majors, I would argue that three-quarters of them were won by his putter. Because in his prime, he was a guy who would never miss a par putt. Yep. He would save par so many times with a difficult 8, 10, 12, 15-footer, and you're like, this guy is a machine. How does he do it? And without that reps, without those weekly reps on the tour, it's one thing to live where he does in Florida. It is one thing to have access to the courses that he does and that he's able to play on. But it's not the same. It's it's not the same as being on the tour on a no. week-to-week basis and being able to handle the putter the way that he used to, which is not fair because that's his standard. Sure, it, sure. It, is, is, it is literally the number one standard of yeah, all time. Yeah. Well, so and th- you think back to like all the most iconic kind of you know capsulizations of Tiger's career, it all it always feels like it's it's a putt, 
it's always just that slow rolling like it's it that's what it's, it's like a nike commercial been. on augusta 16 it, it, yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> whoa that one but like so so to it's it's and it's sad to watch because even I mean, even before the car accident, his body was was yeah. failing him. All the injuries he, that he he's had. had the same. The only thing I have in common with Tiger Woods, other than we both love golf, we had the same uh, microdiscectomy back surgery. Wow, uh, L five S one. And I remember they told me don't do anything for six months. He was back in eight weeks after his first yeah. back surgery, and I'm like, that's that's not good. No. And then the way that he swings, obviously, is there's so much force. Mm-hmm. That was before any of the you know the the real leg, the certainly the traumatic leg injury but even the uh the knee injury that he had that he yeah. played you know he wins the US Open with a torn ACL yeah. and a broken leg i mean oh my goodness so this is a guy who and then you know quite frankly some of his lifestyle choices sure ha- have caught up to him in terms of his dad was uh, his dad was in the military and he thought, felt strongly about going through like green beret training and and doing some stuff to his body in, in his 30s that he should have never done. Mm-hmm. and But quite frankly, he was chasing ghosts. So he, he, the wear and tear that he's put on is just not normal wear and tear. So I, while I am interested in Tiger and while I respect what he's doing, it is, it's just, I think Joe LaCava, was, his caddy was saying, the pain that he handles, he can handle the pain, of, of walking he can handle it he kind of blocks it out but he said if the weather turns which it's supposed to do this week mm-hmm. down in augusta he said he he will not be able to play more than 18 holes in a day mm-hmm. and i don't think any i don't think anybody wants to see him go out that way no right no like last year i think might have been he made the cut that's pretty good because remember he gets to uh st andrews yeah. gets to the British Open, and he doesn't make the cut, and everyone kind of expected him to stop at Swelcombe Bridge and pose and do the the normal thing that we see from golf legends, and he didn't do it because the the tournament's going to be back there in five years, and they're like, well, it's because he'll be back in five years. And listen, I I don't think I think he's got so much pride as a competitor. It wouldn't surprise me after this if he's like, I can't I, I can't compete at the level that I want to compete at. Yeah. I'm not going to do it anymore. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, he's he's 47. You know what I mean? Like all, all these things on top of his age, like it's just, it's sad. It's always sad to see, you know, some of the top athletes just, you know, time and injuries and all those different kinds of things catch up with them. It's 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 sad. Um, I don't is know, it I, sad or is it just a reality? I mean, it's I think reality can be sad though. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I think it's 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 tragic's too strong of a word for it, but you know when you watch your favorite athletes just get older and become go from superhuman to human. That's that's tough. Well, they know the difference, though. That's why I'm saying to me, it feels like on a day like today, where his ball striking was fine. It, it, you start getting into the putting issues. That's where it feels like to me, as an all-time great, he would say, "I'm not at the level that I want to be at to be competitive, and I just don't want to be out here to be a show pony." Yeah. You know, I mean, he just won this tournament in 2019. Now yeah. that's pre-accident. But it was also in his 40s. Mm-hmm. And this is the tournament that he feels most comfortable in. He's won it five times. And again, when we talk about Tiger proofing, Augusta was the first course to say, we have to make an adjustment. He's the youngest winner ever yeah. at Augusta. And it was, we have to make an adjustment for this guy. If you think of nothing else in terms of his accomplishments, the oldest and, and most prestigious tournament said, we have to change <laughs> yeah. because of what he just did here. Mm. And that's fairly remarkable if you think about it. And at the age that he did that in Augusta. 
So I I watch, I admire. I think like a lot of people this morning, I tuned in at ten eighteen, knew the tee time, was interested in see what he what he could do. He hit a shot on the uh, fourth hole where the he played with Hovland, who was playing out of his mind today. Yeah. He played with Xander Shoffley, who also played well, shot a sixty eight today. Two young guys, not not bombers on the course, but two young guys in his prime in their mm-hmm. prime. Mm-hmm. And they hit a drive on uh, it was either four or five. It was a three hundred and fifty yard hole. And the, and they both hit a great drive. And then his drive was right there with them. It was right there with them. And that's where again you get it. As the older you get, the more you realize it's the old saying, right? Drive for show, putt for dough. But he's just fine off the tee. It's around those greens. And it, it there's just no way to play at a tour level without playing at a tour level. I am the master of the obvious <laughs> when it comes to some certain sayings that I like to turn around. You know, if you're about that life, be about that life. Mm-hmm. But if you want to play at a tour level, you have to, it, the expectation is the expectation, exactly. right? So the standard is the standard. Well, if you want to play at a tour level, you have to play at a tour level. And I just don't think that's possible now at no. this point in Tiger's career. So we'll be we'll I will enjoy watching him tomorrow, but I don't think there are any other tomorrows that are promised to us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There's a new movie came out this week about uh, Michael Jordan's shoe, the Air Jordan, and how it came about. Uh, it, this is an interesting one because I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Michael Jordan and, no, and there's not there's there's no Michael Jordan in this movie. I think you see like his back, <laughs> like at one moment, like walking through a hallway because he's very protective about such things. Uh, the movie is about how Sonny Vaccaro landed Michael Jordan and with Nike, and Phil Knight had kind of signed off on so. Sonny Vaccaro in this movie is played by Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight, the the CEO, you know, founder of of Nike. And a lot of times, you know, some of these things get fictionalized, if you will. Uh, but no. Vic- but Sonny is still with us, and he was on with Rich Eisen. And I thought this was an interesting point that he made about uh, Dolores Jordan, Michael Jordan's mom. And her role in not only Michael Jordan becoming, you know, the, the face of Nike, uh, but really making a deal that would set a standard in the industry. Was it his mother's idea to get a piece of the company? His mother was the idea. She, I told Michael he'd get a piece of the shoe. Mm-hmm. Rob and Peter gave me the authority. You're going to own part of this shoe. I didn't know what was going to transfer. Dolores says, my son's going to own part of Nike. You make a dime, I make a dime. <laughs> Listen, we, we applaud LeBron James for uh, the, the Beats deal that he made of taking a piece of Beats, but Michael Jordan was the first one to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a piece of Nike, and at the time, of course, it was a risk because there wasn't anything with Nike. I mean, they were big in the running community, but not and not on the West Coast in particular, but not, you know, at the time, it was Adidas. It was Converse. And uh, the interview that Sonny Vaccaro did with Rich Eisen, he even talks about in the first first time he ever and only time he says he ever saw Michael Jordan play basketball 
was when Carolina beat Georgetown in the 82 championship game. And Michael Jordan hit the game-winning shot. And most people here remember Dean Smith had a deal with De- with Converse. Mm-hmm. Now, it's all confusing. It's all very confusing now because Nike owns Converse. <laughs> but at the time, Converse had Magic Johnson. Converse had Larry Bird. More importantly, Converse had Julius Irving, Dr. J. So Dr. J was one of Jordan's idols. You know, Converse was a favorite to sign Jordan until Phil Knight and Sonny Vaccaro came in, stepped in, and, and made this deal. So it's interesting for Vaccaro to say, because Georgetown was a Nike school, everyone knew Georgetown was a Nike school. Syracuse, original Nike school. NC State and Jim Valvano, one of the original Nike schools. Hard to believe at this point. But again, you got to wrap your brain around all these things. Jordan, Jordan set a standard not only in the sneaker industry, but for all athletes. Yeah. And a lot of people know on this, who follow this show, that I am somewhat critical of how we have lionized a lot of things that Michael Jordan has done. I know you're a Carolina grad and, and perhaps it's deified, it's, if you will. Yeah. And a lot of it is like, oh, hold on, one, just one second here. Uh, but truly groundbreaking stuff, what he did when he took, they said to him, you want a piece? You want money or you want a piece of the company? And he's like, oh, I think I'm going to invest in myself knowing where this is going to go. The the first athlete to go from being a businessman to a businessman. Absolutely. And he changed the standard. And now, of course, he owns the Hornets in a situation where he's going to sell the Hornets and make, you know, billions billions off of his investment there. So Jordan remains ahead of the game. If if someone was going to play you in a movie, who would it be? Uh... Okay, would you I, want I, no, it to be someone no. who looks like you, or in this case, no, would you I, I, want I, I Matt want, Damon or Ben Affleck? No, I want to be someone who looks like me, because, okay. you know, accuracy is very important. Uh, okay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. I've thought about this before. I could see that, yeah. I had, I had someone one time stop me in a store on UNC's campus to take a picture of me, because I looked so much like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which I don't think is true. I don't know what was going on. It was very, it was like a fever dream type moment, but uh, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be mine. Also, oh, uh, what's his name? Um, Schitt's Creek. Um, I was like, careful there, Lewis. Where, yeah, I where know. Are we? Dan, Dan Levy's <laughs> a YouTube exclusive. Uh, Dan Levy's uh, a son. His son? Um, yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah Daniel Levy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, Eugene oh, that's Levy's son. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking of his dad, um, Eugene. Yeah. Is that, so yeah, Dan Levy. Yeah, that's that's the one. All right, I like it. Uh, I just want someone famous to play me. I don't care if they look like me, Matt Damon, or not. Yeah, I, I would take Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. Okay. Uh, honestly, uh, I think that's really cool. The name of the movie is Air, and as as Julius likes to say. You're going to go see a movie about sneakers? Yeah. yeah, man. Air Jordans are just a little bit different here in 2023.